My name is Dave, and unfortunately, it's just going to be Dave. Um, I'm by myself, I'm on a solo. Uh, Michelle's probably well, engaged elsewhere, same with Brett, bank holiday weekend. So I'm left here by myself to get the show running, so to speak. So this is going to be my episode, and my episode alone. So nine times out of ten, I do when I'm on this podcast anyway, talking absolute load of crap, and, I, and next thing you know, and I was going down the line, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? So fingers crossed, this be my first solo, it should be something very similar, um, I don't know, you might be able to hear a bell in the background by the way, uh, Max, my cat, he's, uh, <laughs> I've just blinged him up with a new collar, I think this collar weighs probably more than him, and it kind of wears him down a bit, uh, it's gold, it's got like little diamantes in it and stuff like that, it looks really cute, but yeah, he's, he's getting used to it, bless him, but you will hear his bell, he will jump up on me and probably uh, minging about on mic and stuff like that, so I can, I can only apologise, but if you hear a bell ringing, it's definitely Max just coming in to see what, what's going on. So this pod- podcast, basically this episode, uh, is not really based on absolutely anything as such, um, it's just going to be a pretty much general chit-chat, um, Paranormal of course will be involved, but a, li- a general chit-chat about what's been going on in the world, um, what's been affecting me personally, um, what just pretty much everything in between really, that's primarily what I want the episode to be about and the route I want it to go down. Now, saying that's one thing, actually recording as I am now, the episode might end up going down a total different path. Um, you know how it works, it's just one of those. But yeah, we are on episode 8, I believe. Is it 8? I will double check. I think we are on 8. Uh, we are on, no, 9. God, we're on episode 9, so this is like near enough 9, 10 weeks we've been doing this now. And this is my first one that I've had to do and record by myself, hopefully. There'll be a lot more coming by myself. Um, I've just got to remember I can't keep relying on Michelle to pop in now and then, or Brett, because they've both got family lives. They both like to uh, pre-plan everything going forward. So relying on that front, to be honest, I'm going to take a back step from that. And uh, a solo effort might be a bit more wise in getting guests in from the the same field as what i deal with so that probably another option that might end up going down probably in the near future and uh, there is a few things i would like to mention regarding the podcast uh, the first one i absolutely love it i always will and it's something that i enjoy because i like to talk and that i do i do well i, well, I talk a lot whether it's well it's a different matter and what i've been doing is pretty much thinking outside the box i like to try and yeah, how can I put this? Be a bit different. So what I've done is I'm looking at purchasing slash renting a location in the town centre that I currently live in, which is Hull. I've seen the space available. I've gone to view it and it fits the criteria and the look that I am I'm, I'm wanting to achieve. Pretty much the space itself is probably just what is one room, a big open room. Um, it's probably about 20 foot by 20 foot give and take. It's a fairly big size, maybe a bit more than 20 foot to be honest with you. It's a fairly big size. But what I'm going to do and I'm looking at doing is uh, building a, a podcast um, studio there, like a full setup. So instead of it just being audio as we are now on t- um, on all the platforms that we run on, like Spotify, Apple, even uh, YouTube, I want it to be more visual. So I want to basically record as well uh, visually and I think that's another avenue I'm wanting to go down now the, the studio itself is not going to be cheap um, I'm getting quotes of in the thousands um, but I am looking at doing it I'm looking at 
dipping my toe into the water, so to speak, because I have such pride and passion in what I do. I just think, just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I don't think I'm ever going to get bored of it. Uh, yes, it's costing me an arm and a leg, and since I've started all the uh, After Dark and the HGC, it probably I'm probably near enough six, seven thousand pound in it already. Uh, it, it comes out of my back pocket. I'm not. I was never here intentionally to to pretty much earn money. I was here to show that life after death does exist via my content that I create in my episodes. So that money aspect of it, yes, it's a bonus if it ever gets to that stage. But I knew hands on heart, hand on heart, even sorry, when I started this, that it's, it's going to cost me a fair bit, and it has from the start. And I've never once shied away from it. The technology that I'm using now at the moment, I'm near enough two and a half grand in just on the technology. And then, of course, people forget when you've got to edit, you need a system to edit on. So, again, that cost me a fair bit. And then, of course, I've entwined the, the podcasts of mics and external software that I've needed to, uh, to which I do pay for, um, to run everything. It all costs. So, all that entwined, it's, uh, it's added up to a fair, fair chunk of money. But, I mean, it's spread out over the year and four months that I've been doing this. So, it's not like it's just come out in one go. But it's something I'll, I'll keep doing because... I believe in my heart, of course, two things, life after this does exist, and that's, I'm more than certain on that. But the second one is, I believe that I'm going to catch something, or see something, or physically get that evidence, which is so good, people's jaws are going to hit the floor. And that's what I want. I want to portray my content like that, and the YouTube channel helps me, helps me do that. And I'm really happy with how it's going at the moment in time, I really am. Uh, it's all slow progress. It's like a... It's all learning curve as well. Hey, just a quick message. Well, it's more of an update, really. Uh, we have an online store uh, for merchandise. It can be bought all from there, and it's all been designed by myself. Uh, unique yet different. Also, every purchase basically helps after that push forward, and it shows your support in our quest to show that life really does exist after death we as a team totally dedicated to what we do are so involved in making the right content but not just for me it's for you the supporters who also wonder the same thing what happens to your spirit to your energy when you pass over so basically check it out click the link in our youtube uh, about section and the merchandise link will be in there click that it will open the shop check it out see what you think other than that, flick over to the Facebook page that we've got. Put in the search bar, HGC After Dark, and the shop will all be on there. But make sure you like the page. Hopefully, the shop that you will see and the items we've got on there, you will like. Have a look, see what you think. Other than that, thank you very much for listening to this. And let's get back to this episode, yeah? Uh, the algorithm of, of YouTube itself, man boggles me. It does, and when I first went ahead with this route, of course, with YouTube, I knew that there was an algorithm to, to keep up to date with, um, to keep on top of. So you have to upload at certain dates, certain times. You have to have your videos at a certain length. Um, you have to have um, certain things that can't be mentioned on, on your upload because it will be flagged up. Um, and... YouTube now have really clamped down on that, so that's something that you have to really pay attention to. Uh, but more importantly, the music aspect, so 
everything like music or anything of the sort all has to be uh, above board. Um, I go with an external company for my music. They're absolutely fantastic and their database that I use from them is phenomenal, it's huge. And I'm still trawling through um, tracks that they've got now to use on future episodes and that's another part of the job that I absolutely thoroughly love because I like music in general. So a music in my eyes is just as important as the content that you're physically watching with your eyes. You need to hear something as well and music is just important. So I've always wanted to go down the route where the, the track that I use or the music that I use in the background um, strikes a good chord with the, the viewer. So that is also something that you've got to pay attention to regarding uh, the YouTube. Um, at first the algorithm I was sticking by, I was doing it weekly, uploading weekly. I was pushing content out as quick as I could make it and I enjoyed it but then I started to realise I was slipping and it wasn't just small slips, it was it's kind of big slips where I was uploading and I wasn't having the chance to thoroughly check my content before I was uploading and I was spotting little mistakes that bug and eat away at me um, to the point where I was so tempted to take the episode fully down and re-upload it and redo it but because I was pushing them out so often and frequently what YouTube wants um, little mistakes were cropping in and the edit itself the first few weeks the first few months even the edits were in my eyes were really good considering I've never come back from come from an editing background I've, I've learned from scratch so I was really proud of the first part of the uploads and um, yeah I was really chuffed when I was watching them back and seeing the viewing figures and the, the viewing hours that um, connects with the episodes it all spoke volumes to me uh, people's feedback and that of course was, was great and um, it was going really well and then I realised after about five six months stuff the algorithm why would I I'm, I'm, I'm in my head I'm doing YouTube a favour I'm gaining nothing in any help from YouTube I never have from the start um, they make it really hard to even get monetised uh, they've got such fine margins on their uploads. So it's got to a point now where stuff that I'll just do it in seasons, which I am doing now, currently uploading in seasons, and the algorithm can just um, F off for all I care. Um, I'm not here to work for YouTube. I'm here to work for myself. I'm doing this because it's a pure hobby and a joy. Um, so the algorithm thing like YouTube think that people need to stick by because you get this, that, and the other. I'm not bothered. So I've, I've threw that totally out the window. Uploads now are going to be seasonal. It's like we're on season one now and we should be on episode six coming next week. I think that will be, I might do one more episode after that because I've got a corker which I might upload, I might not on season one. I'm not too sure, I'm still deciding on that one. But I think season one will be between six and seven episodes. Then we, I can push on to season two. I'm already designing season two now and we've already got locations um bought and paid for and we're pretty much sandland on a line for season two some of them are absolute corkers um one of them i've, I've got to mention is aquinton um aquinton police cells and courts uh fantastic location in itself huge vast huge location i've seen previous uploads from other paranormal teams that have been there and the evidence they've caught is so substantial it's just wanted me to go there ever since and for other two years maybe a year and a half i've just been pushing and pushing pushing to get this location and it just got to a point where i just sort of stuff it so i uh, i went for it big time and we finally got it and that is going to be i believe on the 20 we go to it on the 28th of um, uh, may sorry so it will be uploaded for season two for 
June, June time. The location itself, number one, of course, it's based in Accrington. Number two, there is over 40 known recorded deaths and suicides within the building itself. It is and it has been operational all the way up till 2016 before the uh, the police actually sold it and uh, moved to a new premises, which is not too far away from the one that we're going to. But it was running, I think it was running for over 100 years. And of course, they've done very similar to what our last location did when we went to... Uh, oh, I can't believe we got now. We went to that last location with the police cells and the courts. Uh, Gainsborough, there it is, comes to me out. Um, and it's a similar scenario there. Gainsborough's like a quarter of the size of Accrington. But Accrington have gone the same route where they've entwined the courts with the, the holding of the prisoners. And you can call it prisoners at this one because there's a vast number of cells all underground which are all connected to the building. And it, with it being running for over 100 years, like previously on the uh, Gainsborough one, a lot of misdemeanors happened there. Uh, a lot of mistakes were made by either the guards that were looking after them or inmates have come too close contact with other inmates and there's just been a bit of a bit of tension between them and something gone on down the line and it's 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 classed, it's happened as a death is, as as occurred from it. A lot of accidents and a lot of injury um has happened there. So it's just a location from start to finish that I thought we need to really delve into big time and do a really good episode on it. So I'm I'm really, really looking forward to that one. Uh, that's a that's a big location coming up. I think season two, I probably pushed for ten episodes in season two, and that will be the summertime. So that would be let's work it out now. So by July August time, when season two comes 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 up and starts being available. Um, I mentioned on the last um, episode as well that we got approached by Powerflix. Um, again, I need to alliterate a bit more on that. They are new very new they've only been around oh, six months not in that the part and parcel of the netflix um regime so you watch your films on netflix uh your documentaries you, you upload uh, anything on netflix really you've all probably got an account so what they've done is they've gone the paranormal route and they've made a power flicks which coincides with netflix power flicks i did approach them uh, a few months ago to see if they would be interested in the content that i do provide and they did get back to me which i mentioned in the last episode they were happy to look into it more and kind of give me not an offer but um a detailed description of what they would like um going forward if i were to go ahead with them unfortunately what they want and what i want were totally two different aspects of it two ends of the spectrum um they paid really well for episodes i give them the dose they did but it was all under their control which is going to be because it's their own brand powerflix is their own branding so they want everything under their own umbrella so I couldn't promote it on YouTube, any episodes. Um, all social has to be sent to them. They control it all. Anything upload-wise goes through their team um, and is really cool before it's even uploaded to the, the World Wide Web, the, the internet. So it sounded good on paper, but when I actually read into it, I thought, nah, I can't do that. I, I can't go down that route. So I never went ahead with it, um, which I'm glad I didn't because a lot of other paranormal teams probably would have gone ahead with it. But they've got to remember it's a long-term agreement it's something that you're literally signing up for for a long term the commitment to keep up with what they want bear in mind they do pay wealth per episode was really high so i had to quit my job which i'm currently doing now and i've also had to work under their regime so everything being controlled didn't sound very appealing to me but a lot of the paranormal teams would have bit their hand off which is fair enough that's down to them but 
I like to think we're different for the right reason where we stick to our guns. Um, I stick to my gun, really, in all fairness. I've got a, a vision, uh, an idea in my head, and I'm still going to keep pushing on that. And no matter what, I'm not going to come. I might career off the word now and then on certain choices or certain roads or avenues, but I'll always come back on onto that main road and drive after dark forward in a way that I envision. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing, really. I thought I'd, I'd mention um, just on this episode. So like I said before at the start, this is just me, uh, me and Max. Max has disappeared. Let's have a look, where is he? No, he's gone. Um, he's settled in really well. I've had him now, what, three weeks, and anything that can be climbed on, or his nails can go in, as you do when you're a kitten, is up, up it like a rat up a drain pipe. Um, I've got this big, massive, fake plant in my front room, it's huge, and he's taken a liking to it straight away. I ain't bothered what he does with it, because if anything, it keeps clipping down his claws, but he climbed... Well, he's not climbed fully up there, he's three quarters way up, but he's getting close. So you might hear the plant fall over or something like that in the in the back back room and in the main front room of my property, but hey ho, it's just him learning. But yeah, he's 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 fitted him really well. Love him to bits. Um he's kinda of blinged up now, so he's got a nice big collar on him and uh all his stuff's been bought, so he gets the best food, best collars, best literature. Oh god, I don't know. It's like a bloody kid. But um it gives it back in drawers. Like wherever I am, if I go to bed early or something, like that, it'll come and it'll sleep near my face, which can be a bit put off. And when you wake up and you've got a big ginger thing right in front of your face, and you're like, "What?" For a bit second, you make you jump out your skin. Uh, but I'm kind of getting used to it. I've always wanted a cat since my last cat that I had years and years ago. I've always wanted one since, but I never wanted to commit. But now I thought, nah, I'll commit now. So when I found him, I, um, I got him straight away. So yeah, he's he's fitted into the family really, really well, and I'm I'm happy with him. I was um, his personality is just coming through, which is fantastic. Um, another thing, actually, going back to um, going forward with After Dark, there's a few things that I, I wouldn't mind just just pulling up just so people are aware. There's a couple of trips that I am um, currently getting planned. Um, I'm building up my pins now for the uh, location. So the first one is going to be a Scotland trip. That's going to be a week thing. Um, it's going to be a, a series of about five to six episodes there of all locations that I want to do um, in Scotland. Um, quite a lot of them surrounding, or in Edinburgh and surrounding areas. Um, Scotland, as many people know, very steeped in um, history regarding any kind of war. Um, and they look after their memorabilia of anything war. So any, any um, airports or air, air strips or anything more related that they've got, they keep up to they they keep them in really good condition. So they are one that is one place I want to go. I've got to go. Um, and there's also Wales. Uh, I've just come across a few locations in Wales not too long ago, a few days ago, and actually found them. Um, one of them is a a mental asylum, and the other one is a massive hospital. Both of them speak volumes in the look of the place, uh, vast locations both from really big properties um, and I believe I can still get access to them. I've looked at the paranormal aspects of it and the evidence that's been gained and it's been brilliant from other teams that have been there. So I think Wales will be another option as well um, going forward. It's just something just to spread out the location instead of it just being England. Um, I don't mind doing like the Wales and the Scotland thing and then of course in the future nipping across the waters maybe and doing a bit of France and Holland and stuff because they're not too far away from us so there's vast avenues to go down again it's all ideas that are spinning in my head 
Um, and yeah, so I wanted to make everyone aware that's probably a road that I'm going to look, look down going down as well. Um, but again, after dark, run some of my blood now. So from the day I wake up to uh, from the morning, from the time that I wake up to the time I fall asleep, I'm always trying to try and be one step ahead, whether I am or not. So it matter. But I like to try and make sure that the content that I'm providing to the general public is is, is good enough and it stands out enough. Um, and without the locations, there's no after dark. So of course I have to keep trying to keep these locations coming in, which is no easy task, but it's enjoyable at the same. Um, you meet some brilliant people along the way, got some brilliant locations, and the evidence speaks volumes. Uh, speaking of evidence, we the last upload was we we tried going to the asylum, didn't we? Uh, me and Brett, but fortunately it was lots of like Fort Knox. Uh, we could, if we tried, we could have got in, but we'd have been breaking the law, and that's one route we don't go down. Um, I did think about it maybe once or twice and sometimes a bit too much regarding getting into that property because we, we drove nearly two hours to get there. But when I actually put my sensible grown-up head on, I thought, no, unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. So we weren't too far away from Norton Disney. Um, so we ended up going back there because Brett's never been there before. We never took the SLS there before. And the demonic pickups of EVPs and the voices and the, the, the hissing and the, um, the growl that I captured there, and the whole aura and feel of that full location, I knew Brett had to experience that, and we had to take him back. Now, there was a, there was a stuff upon this um, edit as well. So we'd got to the location, I showed Brett around, bearing in mind the land surrounding it is still getting dug up, and you can see on my first part of the upload, I actually panned the camera to the ground where they are still digging up. Like, there was really shallow, long graves, basically, I, I don't know, six, maybe ten inches deep. And that's where they've been digging up, and they're still physically doing it to this day. So what I was surrounding that property, for archaeologists to be spending three to four years still digging it up, there's something there. Um, I don't think archaeologists just go dig it up anywhere. So they've got the, the right information, and they've got the right proof that something is there. And I presume they've been digging up some really good artifacts there as well. So taking Brett back there, well, taking Brett there for his first time, sorry, it had to be done. The SLS is a fantastic bit of equipment. It sees what you cannot physically see. Ghost Adventures still use it. There's a lot more technology than high up than ours. Well, probably every everybody. Um, but the principles there, we've got something that's very similar and works just as well as what Ghost Adventures use. So taking that there, Open my eyes. So we started off the investigation, showed Brett around, started the investigation in the room that I got my um, my growl or my hiss slash growl in. And I call it the demonic room. That's just so I know exactly which room it is because it had the um, sound on the wall. So we started there and it did start off a bit slow. You, it's gonna, you have to build up the uh, the tension, build up the atmosphere, build up the energy. Our equipment then did start, start slowly going off. Um, but then, of course, Brett's SLS was always recording. And was picking up the uh, SLS, the figure, the mapped in figure of a very tall, might be a gentleman, could be a female, I don't know, but a very tall person, either stood in the doorway or stood to the left near the fireplace, and he got picked up near enough four times in that one room. One of them, I even asked him to, to, or he or she, to lift its leg up, and it did. Uh, and I think another one was lift its arm, and it did, but wasn't as good as the the leg capture. So you've got something that's visually caught on the equipment. You've asked it to respond to an action, i.e. lift your leg or lift your arm, wave, this, that, the other, and it did it. That alone 
it's just how can you go against that kind of evidence? It's it's, it's fantastic. And then we did get EVPs coming through, um, and some of them are really really good as well. Really class B to class A kind of level. Um, the whole night there. I mean, we only spent three four hours there, but that part it just felt really good because. I believe he was talking to Zach, and I believe Zach is the guy that did hang himself for whatever reason in a tree at the back of the property. Uh, we never got down to the nitty gritty of why he did this and why he thought that was the right move to make in his life, but we did get the evidence to back it up that it was him and he did it, but we just didn't know why. The whole location in general, it's it was just a fantastic fantastic location and a brilliant edit to edit um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it so I'm really I'm glad that we actually did take that SLS back there uh, and I'm glad that Brett went back there to um, to actually witness what I witnessed the first time I went there with Michelle and I think when you see Brett react his little face like light up it's just <laughs> we to know when something happens in front of him it's like oh <gasps> he feels like a kid and that alone it's just it puts the EBGBs I'm, I'm a spam because it's it's good to see that he is slowly entwining what we're physically seeing on, on our episodes because bearing in mind Brett didn't come to over 20 maybe more episodes um, locations even sorry that we've done and the evidence we've caught and what I felt and what I saw everything in between he's never ever uh, experienced that so for him to react the way he does when something does go on in front of him it's worth its weight in gold and I'm glad he's still wanting to keep going to locations. It might change in the future. I don't know. You never know in this field. I believe I do have a strong core team. Um, but I'm only as strong as my weakest link. So if the team start wanting to go in different avenues or pull off into their own thing or do their own thing, I'll never want to stop them. And I'll just keep pushing forward myself and there'll be changes. But in this field, you never know what's going to happen or what's on the corner. But you just live each day as it comes. Um, so yeah going on that way the, the 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 episode itself was fantastic and that's my latest upload uh the the mistake that i did was believe it or not we recorded in the front the demonic room i call it and then um, after about a couple of hours we ended up going back to the room which is the front of the building it's like an, an extension went in there to kind of finish off because we'd been there episode one me and michelle and that's where we was getting the really good vital evidence regarding all our technology and the reaction was it's just brilliant from start to finish. So I took Brett there. And what I've done is I've picked my locks off because first of all, my cameras were draining, the battery got killed. The EVP recorder, sorry, that got drained, that got killed, so I had to replace batteries on that. So what I've done is I've picked my camera up, my night vision camera from what I had locked off in the hallway. And I must have pressed the back button, which is the on-off record button. I must have done because... When I come back to look at the episode, there's no recording any way, shape or form of the last one that we recorded. The first one was fine, that was on my, my Sony coloured camera, um, so, and my Panasonic sorry, camera, um, but my Sony camera, nothing. So I'm not too sure, I think I've touched something I've not realised, but this is the thing where I'm still getting used to it. There's a light that flashes on my camera, which tells me all the time it's recording. Because I get so entwined into the location and what's going on around me and trying to keep one step ahead regarding getting the camera in the right angle, making sure the sound quality is good, making sure the right relevant questions are asked, the technology in the right place, this, that, the other, everything. There's a lot to remember on an investigation. And so I've just switched off last split second and I don't think my, my light was flashing on my camera to tell me it was recording. 
So it was my mistake on, on that one. So hey, I'm still learning myself, but either way, it made a really good episode. Fantastic episode, so to speak, and I really enjoyed it, editing it. And again, the evidence um, speaks volumes on it. So if you've not seen that, um, flick on the YouTube channel and again, have a look, see what you think. Um, hopefully you enjoy it just as much as I did. Um, so the next thing I want to mention, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. What the hell is going on there? And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because the last episode I mentioned regarding social media, its strengths and its 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 control it's got of a not just the celebrity world, but the general public, as in me, you, and whoever else, the whole world really, it's got its grip on, its control over. And this Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing, it's mind-boggling that it still happens to this day. And you're probably thinking, how social media controlled this? Oh, I'll explain. So what it is, first of all, Amber Heard, I only came across Amber Heard when I stumbled on a, one of her films she did called Never Back Down and of course Amber Heard was one of the main characters who played the girlfriend of the main fighter in that film so I stumbled across Amber Heard then very pretty girl don't get me wrong she was absolutely gorgeous to look at to the eye and not a bad actress to honest you as well so of course I knew the name I knew give and take where she was from and stuff like that because I did research and whatnot and the film criteria is not massive um, she's only been in a few B-roll well, not B-roll but lower graded films never back down was for example the one that i stumbled across it was a very low budget film um she's been in bits and bobs and stuff like this but she was never massive so she was always wanting to put her foot forward and try and make herself more known in the the film the film world as a up-and-coming and good decent actress she met johnny depp in 2015 johnny depp bearing in mind everyone knows him very well known character very rich man um, all his films are very, very high rated and good. Parts of the Garpeen, fantastic. And not just one, he did a number of them. The people that he's worked with, the other actors and actresses, fantastic. I mean, they're all high grade celebrities in their own well being. So, Johnny Depp was always known and he was always good at what he did. Um, of course, he met Amber Heard um, at another film that they did together. Um, Amber Heard was not the main actor, actress in this film. Of course, it was Johnny Depp, but she was um, she made a star role in it. Camera film on top of me, but I know they did one together, and that's how they met. They met on on, on set. They met in two thousand fifteen. It was only together two years. Um, a lot of the social media have to lado try and turn off from it because you don't know what to believe. You don't know you, all these media crews and. Um, just social media in general, again, Facebook, TikTok, anything that puts news out, interpret information their own way, either for clicks, views, or for people just to click their pages and read them. So a lot of miscommunication happens, and because Johnny Depp and Amber Heard was such a massive story, and every news crew in the world wanted their own bit of it, a lot of false, negative stories connecting to it, and truths, to their relationship came alight, and a lot of it just wasn't true. So the first, I mean, the first year of their relationship was fantastic. I mean, they were like the the, the posh and Bex kind of couple. Do you know what I mean? They, they look good together. Um, yes, Johnny Depp has his demons. Um, when you have that kind of money and that kind of fame, um, and also it's come to light he was mistreated by his dad when he was a child. Uh, I think it was his dad or his uncle, one of them, I can't remember, a family member anyway. So that's come to light now. Um, so he's, he's, he's had a hard time. Um, and having all that money at him and having the life that he did, he did turn to drugs and alcohol, which is not the right thing to do, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people do it because it's, it's an antidepressant. Um, 
in every way, shape or form, people drink alcohol because for that split second when they're drunk or get into that stage of being drunk, they forget. A lot of people do it um, and then they get so used to it, they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it before they become a, a full-blown raging alcoholic where sometimes it either gets too late in the, in the game where they, it affects their health and they do pass away from it or they have to turn to someone to get help. And Johnny Depp unfortunately was one of those people but he knew from start to finish that he had an issue. Uh, he never once shied away from it. He, he told the media, yes, I drink a bit too much and yes, I do take drugs. So he never hid from that. And of course, Amber Heard, I believe, was clinging on to the pigtails of Johnny Depp to try and get what she could out of it. I believe she loved him in her own way. Don't get me wrong, that, that I do believe. But she knew her action, um, her career in general, sorry, needed a big kick, a big start, something to really get her on the, the film scene and of course Johnny Depp was probably the right person at the right time to probably help that and he did in certain terms the films she started doing when she was with Johnny Depp were a lot more credible and a lot more box office hits did come to light but of course you can never judge a book by its cover lovely girl gorgeous looking girl but she had her own demons as well and she literally mistreated him and spoke to him and hit him Physically, so it's like mentally and physically, she was really giving everything to Johnny. And, and Johnny Depp, yes, did retaliate sometimes. I've been in a situation in my past where I've had a relationship with an ex, and she was exactly the same. She, after a couple of drinks, she'd get physical and she'd hit me and throw things at me. And I got hair a few times, and, but I did react. I never hit her back, but I reacted to push her out of the way to get out of that situation at present time. And I think Johnny Depp did that, but what Amber Heard did and she probably still regrets now to this day is record as much as she could of it on her phone. So she recorded the parts that made him look bad and sound bad, but also recorded the stuff that defended Johnny Depp. So when it did finally go to court and Amber wanted to take every figging, well not every penny Johnny Depp has, but a big chunk of it, uh, the courts have said, well we don't want just what you can prove, we want everything. Um, and of course the first time they went to court, which was last year, the first information and date that got brought to the court was uh, all Amber Heard and her legal team, which portrayed Johnny Depp as an absolute monster. And all social media jumped on the bandwagon and painted Johnny to be an absolute monster of a, of a character and a human being. And it was it was sickening to see and read everything that was going on in this poor man's life. And of course, he never gave up. And he never gave up, and he, and he knew he was in the right, and he wanted to push forward. And of course, when he's gone back to court again this year, everything's come forward now regarding all the information that Amber Heard didn't put forward for the first time they went to court. And a lot of it defends Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's also gone to other um, people that used to work for Amber Heard, and they've come in and, and backed up Johnny's story, saying that Amber was vicious to them, physically and mentally abusing them. Um, of her stupid things, so she she literally had her demons in her head and she could, couldn't couldn't control it. But that's where social media aspect comes in. They portrayed one thing in the first year and clearly it wasn't just to get a click, a story, a read. But they don't, they're not remembering like what he's doing to Johnny Depp and give him credit where credit's due. He kept strong all the way through and he's he's prevailing and he's seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm I'm really glad he has. But social media have just made it so much harder for him. And I think it works both aspects because it killed Johnny Depp and his name 
to a certain extent for the first year, but he kept strong. But Amber Heard used social media by releasing certain clips to social media that portrayed Johnny Depp as being this character that he really wasn't. Yes, he had his demons. Yes, he, he drank too much and took drugs, but he never physically hit or hurt Amber in any way, shape or form. But the stuff that Amber Heard put out to the media betrayed it totally different. That's where social media comes in again. Uh, it's a vicious, horrible thing, and I, I'm, I'm dead against social media, and you can tell I, I always have been. But um, we lost a very dear woman in Caroline Flack. Not last year, the year before, so near two years ago. Um, a lovely girl and herself, and she, she committed suicide due to social media. She, she cried and shouted at the top of her lungs for help, but she just didn't get it. And social media like blood sucking leeches. They've seen a, a very well known celebrity, very pretty woman, um, and she was doing well in her career, um, struggling. And they've jumped on that bandwagon and they've they've brought her down and chipped away at her slowly to the point where she committed suicide. And to this day now, it just makes my blood boil because there's no laws to stop this yet. The government are more than happy to put laws into try and make the world a bit of a better place to live in regarding VAT and how much tax you pay and national insurance um, how much you can buy cigarettes for or how much you can buy an alcoholic drink for the, the government are doing all this that to try and make the world a better place but they're not turning towards the main thing that is the main issue in this world and it is social media and I think it should be vetted a lot better than what it is now we are losing people due to suicides and mental health is, is going for the roof because social media just blood suck everything they can out of it and it's it's, it's horrible. It really, it really, it really is horrible. And I always say, I mean, depression is always going to be there and thereabouts. Everyone goes through it. I've been through it myself. I, I, I split up from my 10-year relationship a couple of years ago and I went through a very low amount of um, depression slash anxiety. But after a period of time, because time is your best friend, it's the thing that never gets old. <laughs> it's always going to be there and it's your best friend. And after time, I did get over it. I started to uh, understand myself. I started to love me for who I am. I started to question myself a bit more regarding what avenue I want to be going down in life, what choices I want to make. But more importantly, the friends that I've got and the people that are close to me, who I want to keep close and who I, I don't. And stuff like that. So, I, I've been through it myself. Um, I was lucky enough where it didn't get on top of me enough for it to really affect me to um, for me to do something stupid. But when I did come out that tenure relationship, I didn't just lose what I considered to be my best friend at that time. I lost my house. I lost my dog. Um, I lost my job. <laughs> I lost my partner. I had to move. Pretty much what I had in my head in stone at that time in my life all disappeared over the space of a week and yes I do hate her for it and to this day I probably will but I also understand that it's just part of life that things break down and relationships break down and and to be honest with you I'm, I'm kind of glad I did go through it because it made me a hell of a lot stronger going forward going through that hair made me understand myself more Um I'd never been through anything like that before in my, time, in my life at all maybe when I was younger but that's when you think love is love and you know, you're just you're learning slowly. Um, but yeah, age 33, 32, 33, I finally went through it and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, but 
I saw the light and I managed to get through it. So I know, I know anxiety and depression, it does creep into everyone's lives. Uh, but I mean, if I was to give anyone kind of any advice regarding that, it's just use time. Time is your best friend. Um, that's what I did. Um, and I also turned to my family and my close-knit friends at that time as well. Uh, and I also put a lot of effort into my new job when I finally got a new job. Um, I put all my effort into that. And so it took my mind away from things. And uh, next thing you know, as the famous word goes, by time, um, I woke up one morning and it, it just felt like 16 tonne of pressure was gone from my shoulders. And I'm so glad I went through it because it made me a lot stronger. I'm a lot more caging now going forward though. I really am. But that's nothing paranormal. That's supposed to be a paranormal podcast here. You're going off topic again. So yeah, so I would definitely say just... Use time as your best friend and, and rely on your family because that's what they're there for. The, the family never disappear. Friends come and go. Family never does. You've probably heard the saying um, countless times. But like I said before, I was a broken man two years ago. And I came out better in the end. So, yeah, social media. I have social medias. Um, I do. I have my own Facebook page, uh, David Tiger Ramsey. My own personal one, hardly use it. Um, literally, just use it for promoting um, After Dark. Um, and of course, we've got the HGC After Dark main page of Facebook, um, which is connected to my main profile. So, we've got that as well. And of course, we've got TikTok and Instagram. Um, all of them I use for literally promoting the thing that we're doing. Nothing more. Um, it's just weird. It's it's just a, it's one of those things that I think the government just needs to really get a tight grip on. And what's it going to take for them to really start changing it? And when did social media become such a strong thing? I mean, I know a lot of money, money speaks volumes, it must be the money thing. A lot of money is generated through social media, but the government have such powers, they can literally put laws and regulations in. I know they can, and they should do, and they should do it quick. Um, that's my thoughts and ideas regarding the crappy social media world. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Otherwise, I'll be talking God knows how long about that one. Um, I have, and I'm glad, we've got a few questions sent in from uh, you guys. Um, I've only got a couple of them wrote down, um, but I will I will go through them um, and see. I mean, I've written them down. I've written them down a few days ago, so I'm actually looking at them now, and I completely forgot what they were. The first question is from Lynn. Um, she's from Worksop in England. Um, and she asked, ever thought about vlogging your story or your life? Ooh. Thank you for the question, first of all. Um, yeah, the idea has come to my head. But in all fairness, what we're doing now takes up 95% of my time. So having the vlogging aspect of it, ooh, it's just going to tip me over the edge. I'm just not going to be able to keep up. And Spanish way, my life isn't that exciting to really keep people entertained. Uh, I might be able to talk on a podcast for God knows how long and do uh, an edit now and go to haunted locations and everything in between. But the vlog aspect, I'm not that interesting, really. And to be honest with you, I do have a personal life and I like to try and keep that part personal. Otherwise, you're just giving the world everything. So if something does go wrong, because the world knows so much about you, they can neutralise that and bring you down and chip away you slowly, which is the social media aspect again. So, yeah, the the idea has come to my head, um, but I'll probably never push on it. Um, I mean, the socials that we do have and the uploads that we do have on it, 
Um, some of them are very vloggy like type like we've gone to a location and we'll take a selfie at that location or we'll take certain photos at locations that's kind of vloggy enough for me so we'll just leave it at that uh, next question Steve he is from Leeds uh, what EVP recorder do you use right bear me a second I did have it a minute ago where did I put it one second the, the mic might go quiet I'm just going to go and grab it one sec Where did I put it? Uh, where did I put it? I put it somewhere. You know what? I can't even remember. It was here somewhere and it's disappeared. Ah, I think I might know where it is. The cat's knocked it off, wasn't it? Yay! It was on the floor. <laughs> so I use an Olympus. Now the making model is... Do, 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 do. Where would it say this? Um, LR03. So it's Olympus LR03. It's a single mic Olympus uh, voice recorder. UP recorder. Actually, the full number's on the front here. Uh, VN, so Victor November, like a little dash after that, 8500PC. I uh, don't know if that's probably, that's probably the right one. Um, small, compact, the only thing that's annoying about it is the LDC display doesn't light up. So when we look at locations, you have to use a, an external light to see what the screen <laughs> says. But the mic um, itself is very, very sensitive. It has two features on this Olympus that I really, really like. So the first one is if I were to do a constant record, so when I got a location or a constant recording, so from as soon as I walk through to as soon as I leave, so it could be 10, 12, 3, 4, however long we're there, it's always recording because the spirit can speak whenever it wants to and it will do. And that's why I catch so many EVPs because I always catch them off guard. Um, but this Olympus one, what it will do is a really cool thing but not good for what I do, is once you click record, if it's not picking up any sound, it mutes itself. So, and then when it does pick up a sound, it automatically records it, which is fantastic in hindsight if you are using it for work purposes, as in you're recording something for a classroom or something like that. Um, yeah, you could use that aspect of it, what, but paranormal is no, because with the paranormal, because the voice that you pick up is such a low, low tone that only these mics can pick up. For example, if it did get, if it did get class A, or class B and it wasn't high enough the Olympus just wouldn't record it if I had that setting turned on it might miss it there's a chance that I might miss the the recordings now when I go back to look at the footage after, when I come to edit if I had this setting clicked on it would be so much easier to edit I could just scroll to where it peaks on the soundbar uh, and literally highlight that section and play it back and if it is something that I've captured boom there you go um, but I'd never, I never went down that road. I literally, I turned that setting off, and I just purely record, and I record every little noise you can hear. It's going to be on this recorder on any location, um, and it's easy to drag and drop. So as soon as I plug it into my computer, it automatically recognizes it, and literally the files are there, segmented off, drag and drop, put them in my folder. There's you go, there you go, done dusted. It converts automatically to MP3, which is easy for editing and high quality playback and when you're recording it has a little flashy uh, orange light so when you're calling out to spirits you can physically say 
spirit if you are in this room with me for example can you go to that little flashing orange light and try and say something into it nine times out of ten the spirit will see that on the floor see the flashing light and know exactly where to go so it's always good to have some kind of light on it um so when you do call out the spirit in general does know where to where to go or what to do um but yeah, the Olympus one is what I use. I'm probably looking at probably upgrading it this year um, to the model above, which has the LDC display and lights up. But this one works just as well. So I probably will upgrade and I'll keep this one still. Uh, and I'll just have this one recording in a locked off room, for example, on locations. Makes my life a lot harder when it comes to editing because I've got to listen to two recorders now instead of one. But it just means that any evidence cannot be dropped, will not be dropped, and it'll be looked through. Um, and it just makes the episode a lot more better regarding episodes and evidence going forward. So, yeah, I'll probably go. I'll probably do that in the future because the LDC display in dark locations is what's really needed. Uh, next question. Thanks for that question, Steve. Um, I hope that answered your question as well. Uh, the next question is from Lisa. She's from Manchester. Is editing a hard thing to do? <sighs> yes and no. When I first started, Yes, it was mind-boggling. The the software that I use, I've paid for outright. So I've got like I pay for it every twelve months. So I pay a big chunk of money every twelve months, and I use it. And it's Filmora Pro X. I love it. It's 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 not the most expensive regarding software out there. There is other ones which are hellishly more expensive. Um, but I went with this one because I liked the way it looked, the layout of it on my screen. Because I use my editing computer is an, an iMac. It's the 27-inch screen iMac, so it's a big computer screen. And I wanted the bigger screen, so when it comes to editing, you've got more space to shift things around. And the, the look of Filmora and where everything was positioned on it regarding its menus and stuff, it just fitted really well. Um, and it updates every month. And the... The effects that you're getting with it, the overlays, uh, are getting better and better each month as it updates. And it's just easy to edit with it. So when I first started, of course, YouTube was best friend. I did go on YouTube. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And I researched the hell out of it. Um, how to cut in, how to fade, how to use overlays properly, how to control his sound, how to dip in and out, how to remove the graininess. Oh, there's loads, loads of aspects to do, but as each episode was getting edited, I was learning that a bit more and I was getting a bit more extravagant. Um, so in my personal opinion, each episode that I've been uploading has been slowly getting a bit better. So that alone I'm happy with. Um, it is going to take time. I mean, I've only been editing this, what, seven months, six, seven months. I've probably only edited, what, 20 episodes myself. Um, but like I said before, not so long ago, each episode is, is slowly getting better. I'm starting to... Um, go outside my comfort zone and just try new things, um, try different effects. Um, just to try and get the look right and the feel right to the episode that I am currently editing, for example. Um, so, yeah, learning care from start to finish, and YouTube was my best friend on it. Um, I did, I've did. i made more than a few mistakes on uploads, to the point where I've not realised it until I've uploaded it, and when I watched it back, I was like, damn it. Um, but, again, learning care, um, don't be scared of it. I was, we had Mark editing, originally, when we first started After Dark, and Mark's a lovely guy in general, nothing against him um, I never will have anything against him but he comes from a media uh, background so he edited to the media kind of level um, he was also a optimist regarding the paranormal he just didn't believe 
So if this spirit wasn't sat in front of him saying hi and asking him a question about what you've been up to for the rest of your day or what you're going to be doing, sorry, uh, Matt just wouldn't believe. And so evidence was getting dropped and dropped and dropped and wasn't getting put into the episodes. And when I went to go and watch the episodes back, it was more film-based episodes. So yes, they look fantastic. And yes, it was brilliant to watch, but the evidence just didn't back it up. I wanted a more raw episode where evidence is left in there for them people to decipher what they want and don't want to believe, which is a saying I've always, um, I'll always live, live by. But unfortunately, Mark didn't see it that way, so of course I made the choice in buying everything from scratch. My whole editing software, um, set up, set up, sorry, and then the software, buy it all and learn it all from scratch. And I, I never turned to anyone and asked them how to do things. I just literally researched the hell out of it. Uh, if I had a spare few hours, I'd just go on YouTube at work, for example, and I'd just sit there watching video after video after video of how to put effects in, how to cut, how to um, edit sections together, how to blend, how to dissolve, and everything just came slowly in. It just kind of made sense. So now when I edit now, I know exactly whereabouts on the software to click, what what look I'm going for, um, and when I first edited my first video, it took me, oh, God. 12 hours plus, now I'm editing episodes now in six, seven hours. That's including looking for the footage yourself as well. So um, that's good, really, really good. Uh, and evidence isn't dropped. Everything that has happened or been caught on any of our equipment, believe it me when I say this, is never missed. Um, the technology I use um, for editing is, is really good. The mics, really good. The headphones, I've got these um, editing software headphones. Um, Sub-Zero ones, they are absolutely phenomenal and you can hear a pin drop when you've got them on. Um, just little things like that make so much difference uh, and the system that I'm using is uh, a quad-core processor so it's fast, It's it's got like 32 gig of RAM um, built in, on, well I've extended it to 32 and it's, it's, it's really really quick so when you come to editing even 4K, uh, 4K is a tiny bit slower because it's rendering a lot slower but it still does it. Um, so again, yeah, learning curve. I never gave up, and I knew if After Dark were to prevail and do well in this field, um, and really been a passion and joy of myself doing it, I knew taking this leap was just a big choice to make, and I'm glad I did make it because no evidence has dropped. I've learned how to edit. I've learned how to upload episodes. I've also learned how to look through um, our evidence and our content that when we do leave a location, um, I've just learned everything from start to finish, from scratch. Bearing in mind, 14 months ago, we had no subscribers, no channels, no socials, and look where we're at now. It's still gaining daily. Um, so again, I, I can't fault it really. But yeah, it was hard. Sorry, back to the original question, I do apologise Lisa. Editing is hard, um, and you will make mistakes, but just keep plodding on. Keep doing these, doing what you want to edit. Just trial and error, trial and error. Um, but I would say, of one bit of evidence to leave you with is uh, once you find your software, stick with it because each individual software editing tool software is different, so the layout will be totally different and it will slow you down because you just don't know where to click. Because there's so many options and so many changes you can make in an edit, if you change the software completely, that's going to dramatically slow you down. So that's why I've stuck with Filmora now. I've been with them, well, I haven't many renewals up at the end of this month, so I've been with them a year now. So, yeah, and I've now probably never change and if I do change I'll be so up to date on editing um, and so quick and good at it that when I do change it will be just a, a smooth transition uh, but up to that time it's never going to happen in my eyes I'll probably keep using Filmora for a fair number of years because 
it's never once let me down, it does its job, it's decently priced for the consumer, myself, and it does what it does and it does it well, um, and it's easy, easy, easy layout, so everything about it is just fantastic. Um, and I use that. Uh, I use WavePad, so I just so I can have that in fire. I use WavePad for my EVPs, um, and that's even good. That's part and parcel of uh, the NCH software, which is pretty much I'll just cut straight into this. Film more. Uh, don't just do editing. They do everything in between. So I have a separate um, software used for my podcast, which is what I'm recording now. I also have a separate one for EVPs, which is WavePad, and then I also have so for for, for the for the get the words out there, Jesus Christ! For the podcast I'm recording now, I use Mixpad because you can multi-channel, so you can have more than one mic. So you can have up to ten mics. You can have as many mics as you want, and it multi-channels that it separates them. It's really good. Um, so I use Mixpad for that, which is part and parcel of the FilmRx package deal. Um, I also use WavePad for EVPs, which I mentioned, and then of course I've got the editing software, which is uh, FilmRx Pro. Um, and well, Filmar, yeah, Wondershare FilmRx, the pro version. I've also got Wondershare uh, and Demo Creator, which means I can screen capture and stuff like that. I've got loads, loads, loads. Uh, I think all in all it costs me about 200, 250 quid a year, maybe 300 quid a year for all of it combined. Um, that's including, that's not including Canva that I use for thumbnails as well. And I use, um, I get charged monthly for uploading podcasts on Spotify and Apple, so that's another charge. Um, so I use software for that. So, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, dip your foot in, try it, trial and error, test it, see what you think. At the end of the day, you might make a few mistakes, but just perseverance is key, and YouTube will always be your best friend. Excuse me, had a little bit there, I do apologise. So, yeah, that was the that was the questions um, that I've been sent in. There was a few more, but I'd rather have someone with me um, to... Um, to answer a few of them because um, it's not just fair just being me but I must admit the, the solo thing it's not as hard as once I thought I mean I thought by myself talking is going to be the hardest thing ever but nah it's not it's probably the easiest actually it just rolls off my tongue in the end some of it doesn't make sense but some of it does it makes sense in my head but then it comes out of my mouth it's totally different hopefully fingers crossed next episode I might have one of them back um, I won't put my hopes up on it I mean the got busy lifestyles they've got families and kids and stuff like that so i might look up maybe being a guest in so if there's any paranormal teams that are listening in the, in the uk area um we can skype um and if you're more than happy to to collab on uh one of the uh one of my uploads on one of the episodes next episode or maybe the episode after that drop me a personal message and we'll definitely sort something out um other than that though yeah so we should still be able to upload again episode on youtube which will be sometime next week someday probably hopefully and that should be fine and that should be the end of the series uh, and then of course season two starts two months later so we have two months in between to pretty much maximize and record and edit all the episodes for season two uh, i've already designed the everything regarding season two and locations are already bought and paid for and booked in and sorted um uh, seen a few few more in between but we've got two month period to do all that so but i will keep you all updated on that um, on probably the podcast um, and any questions again keep sending them in I like the questions I like the stories I like the communication knowing that people are out there listening to my stupid voice and my stupid words um, so keep them coming in um, episodes um, when I'm uploading I'm getting comments straight away which is really good it's good feedback uh, it's a morale booster because this takes so much time uh, and working full time in a normal job as well as doing this you don't get much time to do much more in between apart from 
stop the cat from climbing every freaking Seths I've got in my property. Um, but yeah, just everything, just keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's brilliant to hear your feedback and your questions and any changes or anything of the sort. Again, just keep them flowing in. Um, I do read them all. I go through them personally. Uh, nothing's ever missed. Um, so again, I do appreciate every single one of you that does, uh, does do that. And any location that you guys know in England or surrounding areas like uh, Scotland or Wales or anything like that, drop me a message, personal message me. Can send me a pin or a few pictures of it and a brief description. A bit more than happy to look into it. Uh, we do have uh, a couple of maps that we go by uh, which have all pre-saved pins on them. And I'm building mine up now as I speak, uh, which is going really well, actually. Uh, so we have a vast number of locations, but if you've got a location that you know, uh, and you know it's got access and you know that paranormal evidence or anything something along those lines has been caught there in the past again let me know but more than happy to look into it uh, but other than that this has been my first solo podcast and this is not going to be my last solo podcast i'll be doing a lot more solos uh, i do enjoy it i like speaking um so uh this has been episode eight You've been listening to Dave. If you've listened this far, thank you very much. This is After Dark Paranormal Quest. And I'll bid you good night. And I'll speak to you again next week. Bye.